1: Hump Day, Best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day, and over the next hour, going to be playing you the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Every Monday through Friday between 6 and 7, it is the Best of the Joe. Let me give you the rundown for the station right here at 560 The Joe WQAM. In the morning, 6 to 10, it is the Joe Rose Show, 10 to 1, Dan Lebitard, 1 to 3, Stephen A. Smith, 3 to 6, Hawk and Crowder. Of course, you can follow us all at 560 WQAM, and you can follow me at Dan Day Radio. Now it's time to follow those headlines. Here we go. Both Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker missed Dolphins practice today against the Bucks in Tampa. No word has been given on the extent of their injuries. The Finns and Buccaneers play a preseason game Friday and you can listen to it here beginning with pregame at 3.30. In other Dolphins news, Kenny Stills and team owner Stephen Ross have met in the wake of Stills publicly criticizing Ross for hosting a fundraiser for President Trump. The two sides have said they have agreed to disagree on the topic. Kane safety Derek Smith has announced his intent to transfer. Miami's first game is next Saturday versus Florida in Orlando. The Dodgers blasted the Marlins 15-1 yesterday. The two play again tonight here in Miami. First pitch is at 7-10. A knee bruise will keep Kelly Olenek out of basketball's World Cup. The Canadian national is expected to play for the Heat when the NBA season begins in October. The Ohio State University is seeking trademarking the word THE. THE university is seeking THE trademark for THE use on school's merchandise like clothing and hats. We'll have to wait and see what THE verdict will be. Now, let's step into the day spa. Ah. Very excited about this one. A Florida woman was arrested for driving in the carpool lane with her dead husband's corpse. She told police she plans on burying the body in two days, but in the meantime, she just can't take that terrible traffic. She may now be my number one all-time hot mess, plus she's single. Oh. Get this, California man was found stuck naked in a chimney. After attempting to burglarize a home, the suspect fled on foot, then took his clothes off in an attempt to shimmy down another home's chimney, but got stuck and was eventually arrested. Catch the funny craziness of the naked man in the chimney on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. and happy birthday, Halle Berry! 53 years young. That's a celebration in itself. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylio Park. Tonight's forecast calls for isolated showers with temperatures in the 80s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylio Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HylioPark.com for more info. Now that we're done with the headlines, let's get into the meat of the show. In the mornings, it is the Joe Rose Show. Earlier this week, Manny Diaz named Jaron Williams the starting quarterback for the U. They caught up with Jaron Williams, where he talked about the prayers and process it took to getting to that position, what led to the separation between he and the others, why he chose the U, fan expectations always high, but they're always high everywhere, the great skill sets around him, and the changes that have happened to the program
2: under Coach Diaz. Jaron Williams, new Miami quarterback, is here with me. How cool does it sound to hear that finally next to your name after what
3: I know was a fierce battle in camp? Um, You know, first off, just all glory to God. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And, um, you know, it's really a dream come true. You know, I worked hard for this and I prayed for this. So uh, it, it feels good to hear that. Did you feel confident? With the body of work that you put together in
2: camp, that it was going to be you.
3: Uh, yes, I actually I, I, I'm a very confident guy. You know, I have a lot of respect for Tate and um, Nikoli. They work extremely hard, and you know we're gonna we're gonna need them, guys. We're gonna need everybody to uh, to win games this year. So, um, but I, I definitely did feel confident. You know, I put in the work, um, got my body right, and you know it was up from there. I imagine that's a tough conversation
2: that you guys all had to have when, when those guys found out, and, the, and then when you guys, when you found out,
3: I guess a little bit bittersweet because those are your other friends in that room as well. Um, you know, they're both competitors, and you know we all are striving for the same thing, and that's to lead this team to win games. But, um, you know, we're all brothers, and we're united, and they both actually came up to me hugged me. It was like, I'm proud of you. Um, you know, anything, like any questions, because, you know, these guys been you know been around a little longer than I have, you know, just ask me, we'll help you. So, I mean, we're all in this together, you know. We're all in this together. When you go back to camp, what is it that you think that you
2: did that led to that separation? Maybe specifically, what was it that you think
3: kind of separated you from the rest? Um, I would say just really – running the offense smoothly and moving the ball like I was able to move the ball consistently and um, also put balls in places where only my guys could catch it and um, I felt like that kind of was like a, a big dif- uh, like a big standout I feel like. You seem just from sitting
2: with you here, very cool, calm, collected. You're going into a very difficult atmosphere for your first game of the season. Is this the Jaron Williams I'm seeing right now? Is that going to be the Jaron Williams that's under center against Florida in a week?
3: Yeah, and that's one thing about me. You know, I always stay poised. Like I don't ever let the moment get too big for me. You know, uh, that's one intangible that I'm that I'm blessed with, honestly, uh, from from the men above. You know, just uh, being able to just just keep my composure and just stay calm, either good or bad. You know. Jeremy, you're looking at schools to go
2: to, and you see you made it, you might have a chance to play quarterback at the University of Miami. Why was that so
3: appealing to you? Really, um, first thing is the brotherhood, you know, um, just I, being around the guys, just seeing how close they were, and it's like you know, I was like, I want to be a part of this, and you know, the the history behind this school is something to be proud of, you know, um, and wearing that you you on my chest is it, something that I, I really I really wear proudly, and um, just just having the opportunity to come to a place like this was a once in a lifetime opportunity and um you know I wanted to I wanted to I saw myself playing here and I could just envision it I meditated on it and um you know I knew that this was the place for me
2: I know you had about 50 media members there surrounding you um have they kind of given you the lowdown I mean you're going to be treated like a professional quarterback in this town, now that you're playing quarterback for the University of Miami, it, it's sort of handled that way down there. Have they kind of let you know about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, this I treat this like a job every day. This is this is my job, you know, um, and I treat it very seriously because um, you know it's a lot, it's a lot of responsibility, and I understand that, and um, I feel like it's a maturity thing, um, and I definitely understand. So, yeah.
2: So if you understand then you must know that the fans are certainly going to be expecting a different look. From the offense starting in game one. I know things didn't go the way that uh, the offense wanted to finish up the season last year. Are you confident that you guys have made the right changes to, to go into this season?
3: Yes, I'm very confident. Um, you know, being around Coach Enos and just just the way he coaches and his mindset, I mean, I trust him 100%, him and my um, Jesse Stone. Um, and I know for a fact that they're going to put us in the uh, position every every time to uh, be successful. If you had to assess the offensive
2: line right now, I know there's some young pieces on there. If you had to assess how those guys are doing, how how would you say they're doing?
3: I would say they've 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 really improved tremendously from spring to now. It's like they're making calls. They're like they're doing everything like, and it's it's very very uh, comforting to see that. Um, so I'm very excited for the O line. You know they've came a long way and they're doing really really good. New University of Miami quarterback Jaron Williams
2: here with me on WQAM. Um, you look at the skill position players, and you have guys that can do a lot with the football, and it's your job to get them uh, the ball. Talk about what some of those guys have done here in camp and, and what they've shown you. And you obviously, you have the potential for home run balls with guys, and you certainly can sustain drives with uh, some of these tight ends you have as
3: well. Yeah, uh, the tight ends, yeah, very talented group. Um, Brevin Jordan, Will Mallory, two very, 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 uh, they make plays. Like, Will Mallory, his ability to make catches that, like, he's like, we call call him go go gadget because like the last second he'll reach his long arms up the ball be way out here he'll still grab it and brevin jordan he's very explosive very good route runner and he he makes uh, a lot of run after the catch and um i really like them too a lot um kj osborne is a guy who came in worked extremely hard and um very explosive runner very good route runner um and the thing about him is he has a good IQ of the game. You know, you can tell, like, a lot of times he get the ball, and he understands that the down and distance, he'll get upfield and get the first down. And, um, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of skilled guys like uh, Brian Hightower, you know, mm-hmm. D. Wiggins, um, Mark Pope, Jeff Thomas. So it's like we have a lot of weapons for sure. Jerry, your position naturally calls
2: for you to be a leader. What kind of leader are you? Are you more of a vocal guy or are you a lead by example?
3: Uh, I'm really lead by example but the thing is I understand that I have to be more vocal um, especially now being the guy so that's something that I'm I'm going to work on and I'm continuing to work on and um, just really getting more comfortable I'm not going to be a drill sergeant or anything like that but just getting everybody going with my words and um, you know just really being that that it's you know that leader so you do have a
2: lot of veterans on this team as well is there anyone that's kind of taking you under their wing and, and showing you the ropes
3: a little bit here Yes, I would say uh, DJ Dallas. He's definitely a guy that, from day one, you know, he's he's always you know encouraged me, told me uh, what I need to be doing, and hey man, like you need to study film, you need to do this, do that, you know. So I would say uh, DJ Dallas. He's always you know been that guy that's always in my ear, making sure I'm doing right. From a defensive
2: standpoint, we saw last season and the season before. We know what the defense is capable of, but what have you seen
3: specifically uh, in practice that that's made things pretty difficult on you? I would say uh up front they're very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh you know Gar Jonathan Garvin and um you know John Ford. Them- those guys are quick off the line off the ball. So uh you kind of got to get the ball out of your hands. But uh, our offensive line they've been doing a great job uh, containing them throughout this uh fall and I I'm very like uh confident in them that they're going to do their assignment but um Michael Michael Pinckney, Shaq Quarterman, they're very good at run stop and you know they have a good understanding of the game. I can tell sometimes they see routes and they'll understand, like mm-hmm. it's a dig coming, so then they'll kinda undercut it. But um I mean, yeah. And um Amari Gervin Hall really really uh showed me something. Uh you know, he's 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 been um catching a lot of picks lately. Um but he he flies to the ball really quickly and he's a hard hitter. Um Amari Carter too. He's a uh, really, really talented. Well, I could I could keep going, honestly. <laughs> I could really keep going because they're all talented. Very talented group. Jaron Williams here with me on
2: WQAM as the Miami Hurricanes getting set to take on the Florida Gators in Orlando. It's right around the corner. Has it kind of set in that you're the starting quarterback and you're going to be out there under center?
3: Um, I would say day one yesterday, it didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was kind of like, not in shock, but it just kind of felt unreal like, Cause this is something that I've always dreamed of, you know. This is this moment, um, and you know, but today, you know, it's starting to it's starting to hit home. And you know, I know I got to step up and um, be that guy for this program that the program needs. So um, you know, it's definitely a life-changing experience. Who was the first phone call after you found out? Uh, I called my parents, both of them at the same time on a three-way, and uh, you know, just tears of joy. It was it was it was a really good moment. All right, so you're going to step into this game. It's
2: obviously a difficult game to start the season. It might be one of the toughest, if not the toughest team that you're going to play uh, in the Florida Gators. What are some of the keys for you jumping into this game and showing that poise that you're showing right now? You tell me you're going to show under center. What are some of the keys to starting off that game, uh, getting some completions and getting into your rhythm and kind of getting going?
3: Uh, The keys for me would be just don't abandon my training. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been I've been practicing really good, you know, and. Just do what I've been doing, you know. In practice, is it's uh, it's, 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 no, it's no different, really. You know, just knowing my assignment and making sure I'm prepared to the max. So, you know, it's on me. You know, the only thing I can do is control what I can control, and that's how hard I work every day. And that's starting now, and um, how hard I prepare. So. And then just finally
2: under coach Manny Diaz, what what's changed here over the past year um, to get to where we are now? I, mean, I know Manny's done a lot of different stuff on social media. He's done a lot of stuff to, to hype everything up here. But from a football standpoint, what, what do you feel are some
3: of the big changes that's been made? Um, I feel like the team really has came together. Like it's a team. We hold each other to the same standard, no matter if you're a starter or not. Like we're all held to the same standard. Um, And another thing is too, you know, the culture's changed, you know. We don't we don't expect to we expect to win, you know what I'm saying? That's the expectation. That's not a like maybe, you know how it kinda felt, you know, not trying to harp on lash or anything, but Mm -hmm. um, like you can just tell like like we got that grit now, like we expect to win every game. That's the expectation.
2: Are you a one game at a time type team or do you guys circle a goal? at the end of the season, this is where we want to be. We want to be in the ACC championship. Is that kind of in the back of your mind, or do you guys have to take this one game at a time?
3: Uh, you know, we definitely talk about the ACC championship, mm-hmm. but uh, right now our focus is game one. Um, so our focus right now is on Florida. Jerry, congratulations on winning the job. We look forward to seeing you out there. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Let's hope Jaron Williams can keep that poise when the U take on Florida. Not this Saturday, but the next, August 24th in Orlando. Of course, you can hear the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on 560, the Joe WQAM. Up next, Stephen A. Smith, not happy with his New York Giants playing Eli Manning. Keep it tuned. 560, the Joe WQAM, the best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show. I am Dan Day, running back some of the best audio you've heard over the past 24 hours on this radio station. Getting you over the hump and downward into the weekend. Going to get back to some of that great audio in just a minute. But first, want to talk Hooters, want to talk fantasy, want to talk draft. Well, you didn't know which way that one was going to go. WQAM wants you to make your fantasy draft a reality. Host your draft at Hooters and get an exclusive draft kit, $200 in coupons, and fun Hooters swag. Reserve your table for free at Hooters.com football. Joe Rose and Zach Krantz, just keep listening to them in the morning for your chance to win a $50 Hooters gift certificate. Hooters, the official hangout for Wings, Beer, Hooters Girls, and and Game Day. Of course, more details about that and where you can download all your podcasts at our website, wqam.com. Stephen A. Smith, you got to say it like that and you got to throw in the A. He is angry with his hometown Giants playing Eli Manning and wanting to play Eli Manning. Hmm. He says the Giants remind him of our privileged society. Plus, he's
4: got some love for luck. Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Giants, if you are a New York Giant fan, it might be in your best interest to turn the channel from this show. If you are a New York giant fan and you love yourself, some John Mara, it might be an issue. It might be an issue for you to listen to the show because I can't believe what I heard this man say owner for the New York giants. Supposedly a gold standard, supposedly a first class organization. Listen to what John Mara had to say in regards to Eli Manning, being the quarterback for the New York Giants for the duration of the 2019 season, even if it means Daniel Jones not playing a single snap for the New York Giants in favor of the 38-year-old quarterback that is Eli Manning, who's going to be 39 in January, who, by the way, has looked 59 on far too many occasions to count. This is John Mara speaking about the New York Giants quarterback situation. Take it away. I hope
5: Eli has a great year and Daniel never sees the field. <laughs> I mean, I, that would be in an ideal world that you'd like to see that. But, again, it's um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a decision by the head coach as to when you know, or if Daniel ends up playing the If Daniel doesn't play one snap as a rookie, you'd be okay with I'd that? I'd be
4: very happy about that because it means that we're having a great year and Eli's having a great year. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? He'd be very, very happy if Daniel, J- Daniel Jones, the number six overall pick in this past NFL draft, didn't play a single snap. You see, it's stuff like this that really, really gets to me because clearly this doesn't have much to do with football. That has to do with Eli Manning, who is class personified. Eli Manning, who is a good dude, a consummate professional, never any drama whatsoever. Plus, he happens to be a two-time Super Bowl champion. That Eli Manning, we understand the affection, the adulation, the respect for him as a man, etc., etc. But this is the problem. We're supposed to be living in a world where sports is a meritocracy. We're supposed to be living in a world where results matter. We're supposed to be living in a world where, you know what, what you do actually counts for something. And what you don't do damn sure counts for something, particularly when it's applicable to everybody else. But when it comes to Eli Manning, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. For the record, let's be very, very clear about a couple of things. Let's just get it out of our system. The New York Giants have missed the the playoffs five times in the last six years. The New York Giants have missed the playoffs five times in the last six years. They've missed it seven times in the last nine years. Now, one of those years that they did make the playoffs, one of those two years, 2011, they won their second Super Bowl with Eli Manning, beating the New England Patriots yet again. But after that, they missed the playoffs four straight years before going to the playoffs in 2016 and then missing it last year. and I'm sorry, 2017, and then last year. So they've missed the playoffs pretty much six times in the last seven years. And eight times in the last ten. And this man is talking about how he, you know, he'd be ecstatic if Daniel Jones didn't see a down because that means Eli Manning is playing well. Let me tell you something. It's a problem. Eli Manning clearly is not the same player that he used to be. We're not excoriating this man. We're not trying to disrespect him. We're simply saying Father time attrition and anything else that you want to point to has caught up. How many concessions are you going to make? You had a GM that didn't mind letting McAdoo bench Eli Manning for one game, the only game he's missed in the last 13 years. You got rid of them. Before that, you got rid of Coughlin. After that, you drafted Will Hernandez. You signed Nate Solder to a mega deal. You drafted Saquon Barkley. How many things have you done to try and make life easier for Eli Manning and still got subpar results. What the hell is the problem? What the hell is the problem? You can't wake up and see that the end is near. Eli Manning is approaching a contract here. Eli Manning doesn't want to retire. Eli Manning wants to stick around. And John Mara basically said, if we have our druthers, Eli Manning would be around for years to come. Years to come, and you're a Giants fan, and you think you have a reason to be excited? You really think that? They're going to ride Saquon Barkley until the wheels come off. They're going to ride this brother into the ground. They are going to short shorten his years in the NFL by dog years practically. They're going to run him into the ground until the wheels come off. It's going to be similar to what Dallas did with DeMarco Murray years ago, gave him the ball 392 times, and then told him to go kick rocks. He had to become a Philadelphia Eagle in order to stay in the league. That didn't work out before he ended up in Tennessee. But we all know this is what they do to running backs. What do you think they're going to do to Barkley? But he's only in his second year. He's got tree trunks for legs. He's a model citizen. You also got rid of OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. for Eli. Acquired Zeitler to put him on your offensive line as well. At your right guard spot. I mean, what are you doing? How much have you not done for Eli Manning? And we're having this conversation. This is ridiculous, but it goes a little bit deeper because for me, you know me, y'all, y'all know how I roll. It ain't just about football. Here's a question. Would you do this for anybody else? Would you do this for anybody else? 38 years of age, skills have clearly dissipated, production clearly isn't there the way it used to be. Would you have done this for anybody else? Would you have this attitude for anybody else? Would you make these kind of concessions for anybody else? Hell, you probably drafted Daniel Jones because of Eli Manning. Because of their relationship, he wouldn't mind waiting a bit longer than somebody else would mind waiting, and that had a lot to do with you electing him. So much so that after one preseason game, y'all trying to clear the path, acting like this brother should be a starter now, and he's so special. This is so bad on so many levels. It really is because you clearly have an ownership that doesn't want to let go. You have an ownership that wants to hold on to Eli Manning for dear life. Absolutely positively knowing, absolutely positively knowing that he doesn't have it anymore. But y'all are perfectly fine with that. Perfectly fine. 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. That is the number to call into the Stephen A. Smith Show, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. And I take no pleasure or joy in saying what I just said. I like Eli Manning. I often told a story about how I was filling in for Michael K. And he was a guest on a Michael K. show. There was no publicist on the line or anybody else called a film. Eli Manning called himself five minutes earlier and stood on hold and waited. He's big on responsibility. He's big on honoring commitments. He's big on being a professional. He's big on all of these things. It's a special quality to have. And all the money that he's gotten over the years, he deserves most of it, if not all of it. Nobody's trying to rain on a parade that is Eli Manning. We know what a good duty is. We get it. We really, really do. But I got to tell you, to see the concessions thrown in his direction by John Mara reminds me of the privileged few that still lives in our society. Everybody ain't getting that kind of treatment. There's a whole bunch of people that would be consummate professionals that would act right and what have you. Tom Brady ain't even getting that kind of treatment from Bill Belichick. Went to three straight Super Bowls, won two of the last three Super Bowls. Bill Belichick wouldn't even give him a multi-year deal. Yeah, you can go ahead and be a free agent at the end of the season if you want to. It's okay. We'll be all right. Prior, Prior to that, Before he became porn star Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was a backup in New England, starving for his opportunity. Bill Belichick wanted to get rid of Tom Brady just to put Jimmy Garoppolo up in there. You can't make this stuff up. Tom Brady, consummate professional, personification of a company man saying all the right things, doing all the right things the right way, in their eyes, being incredibly appreciative and supportive of the ownership with Mr. Kraft and his son, Jonathan. And still, he's at the mercy of Bill Belichick. Yeah, we'll give you a one-year deal, basically. But Eli Manning, he just keeps trucking along, able to do Able to survive, rather, for an elongated period of time. I got to tell you something. It's a problem. Somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to be honest about it. We just need to do that. It's just that simple. 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888 3776 You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Let's go to another subject. Because Andrew Luck is another matter. There's a lot of people out there in complete panic mode. Remember, he missed part of 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 a football season three years ago because of a lacerated kidney. Missed all of 2017 because of a torn labrum. Was on suicide watch for years leading up to those injuries because Grigson, the general manager for the Indianapolis coach at the time, never had the decency to get him in offensive line. And Pagano just wasn't good enough. As a coach, even though he's a good man, nice man, wasn't good enough as a coach to really get him away from some of those doldrums. Here's the reality of the situation. As of right now, because of a calf injury sustained in April, supposedly, Andrew Luck has only practiced three times since April. No OTAs, no training camp practices. Everybody's looking at him now. They're wondering, they're questioning. Folks are very, very worried about him. I got it. I understand it. I'm not that worried. I wish I could tell you I was that worried, but I'm not. Because I got to tell you something. I believe in Andrew Luck. And I understand that he's been a bit fragile or whatever. Here's what I will remind you of. I got some belief in uh, Andrew Luck's talent. But I damn sure believe in Frank Reich as a coach, and I definitely believe in Chris Ballard as a general manager. You see that offensive line he gave Andrew Luck last year? Do y'all know that Andrew Luck, his first season back after missing the entire previous campaign in 2017, do y'all know that Andrew Luck went five straight games without suffering one sack? This is after the dude was getting sacked above 45 times a year and hit more than 100. This offensive line, will everybody, this dude, Quentin Nelson, monsters. Monsters. They don't play. And they protect their man, Andrew Luck. So you got that going on. Also, T.Y. Hilton's still there last time I checked. You did acquire Devin Funches in the offseason who used to be in Carolina. He's a big target. This kid, Paris Campbell, a rookie, everybody's been raving about this kid out of Ohio State and what a speedster he is and what kind of damage he could ultimately do, that's a plus. You got a familiar tight end in Jack Doyle that's back in the mix after he was injured part of last year. Eric Ebron, we know he can ball. And, oh, by the way, Marlon Mack can run the football too because he's got an offensive line that knows how to block. I got news for y'all, ladies and gentlemen. If Andrew Luck is somewhat healthy, the Indianapolis Colts are a Super Bowl contender. I don't give a damn what you saw in the playoffs against Kansas City last year in that in that storm, in that snowstorm. Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts are a team to be reckoned with. Kansas City is too now, even though their defense isn't much to be desired, but they're definitely a team to be reckoned with. Pittsburgh, I'm not ignoring them. I think they're going to have a better year this year than they did last year. We can't ignore the Browns. God forbid we do that with the roster changes and the makeover they've had with OBJ and Nick Chubb still there and Kareem Hunt coming and Jarvis Landry still there and Njoku still there and that offensive line been on protective Baker Mayfield who's supposed to be the second coming of Joe Montana if you listen to some of you Cleveland Browns fans out there. Oh, my God, stop the presses, Stop the presses! And then you got to look at the AFC South with Indy, with Houston, with Tennessee, with Jacksonville. It's up for grabs. But I think India is right there. So all I'm saying to you is that I believe Aaron, Lu- Andrew Luck is not healthy. I got it. But I believe if he needed to play, he could. And whether he's ready for week one or not, I think he'll be ready when it counts. And I'm going to place my faith. In him, I'm not going to be as worried about him as other people are. I understand durability, durability is a question mark. I understand. His history, I get it. But this is a new day in Indy. And Chris Ballard thus far has done a hell of a job. And I would tell you, I think, I really, really believe Indian- Indianapolis could make some noise. Everything starts and finishes with Andrew Luck. I know that. But I'm just telling you, I think they got a chance. Man threw for over 4,500 yards last year, second in the league with 39 touchdowns. I believe in Andrew Luck. I really, really do. Stephen
1: A. Smith, always fired up, always getting your day fired up and going, especially on a hump day. You can hear him weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. on this fine station. And before him, from 10 to 1, it is Miami's own Dan Lebitard. He's got some baseball legendary talk for you next here on the Best of the Joe Show. Back to the best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio. Going to get back to some of the best audio we've played at this radio station over the past 24 hours in just a minute. But first, some Miami birthdays. DJ Uncle Al, born in 1969, unfortunately passed away in 2001. And Juan Pierre, one of the great stolen base leaders of all time for the Marlins, turned 42 years old today. Marlins took it on the chin last night, losing 15-1 to the best in the bigs. The Dodgers, I'm guaranteeing they'll do better tonight. First pitch starting in just a few minutes at 7. At 10. Speaking of a Miami original, a beloved Miamian, Dan Lebetard. You can hear him right here from 10 to 1 on weekdays. Earlier, he caught up with baseball's Tim Kirchin and got into the RBIs, the Dodgers, and maybe the coolest team and coolest players
5: of all time in the MLB. Tim Kirchin with us now. Tim, does Reese Davis look like a Disney prince? <laughs> does dallas braden look like a musician in the muppets band does david blatt look like he's looking at his reflection in a spoon (laughs) brian you're on with tim kirkshen save that one one. brian you're on with tim kirkshen go ahead
0: hey tom you know who would be like the RBI leader who would be responsible for most of his runs? Like Ricky Henderson, responsible for X amount of Don Mattingly's RBI. I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't understand that.
5: Neither did I, but it's some form of who is responsible. Ricky Henderson being responsible for Don Mattingly's RBIs. Like who's a player so good that he was a source of RBI for somebody else?
0: Well, Luke Gehrig was going to retire as the all-time RBI leader until he got sick, and he drove in, I want to say, 175 runs in the season that Babe Ruth hit 60 homers, And so he basically came to the plate 175 times at least with nobody on and still drove in that many runs. I mean, 60 (laughs) times with no one on. And then, sorry, that many runs. I got my numbers mixed up. I I don't think there's the perfect guy like this is the RBI machine. Um, Tommy Herr one year for the Cardinals hit, you know, eight homers or so and knocked in 100 runs driving in, um, you know, all those features, Willie McGee and Vince Coleman. And Joe Torrey told me that on, in 1970, Lou Brock did not play the final game of the season. And Torrey said, J- Lou, you have to play. I've got 99 RBIs, and i got to get to 100. I need you on base to, try, <laughs> you know, to get to 100 RBIs, and as it turned out, Lou Brock, had 99 strikeouts, and he didn't want to strike out 100 times <laughs> in a season. Now we, now we have 160 guys strike out 100 times every year. Just shows you how much things have changed.
5: Speaking of which, I saw that the Dodgers now, what's the stat that ESPN was throwing around, that they've scored 15-plus runs in two games that – don't have even two singles
0: in it? Do I have that right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, they, they last night scored 15 runs with no more than two singles. So they're the only team since 1900 to do that. I don't think they did that another time, but if they did, who would be surprised? I found this morning that they have eight guys with two home runs or more in a game this year, and I checked, is that a record? And the answer is no. The Yankees and the Blue Jays set the record already this year with 10 guys which is <laughs> work, in a game. So just when so I thought, look how interesting this is. I find out it's not even a record for this year, and we've got seven more weeks to go. The Dodgers were playing the Marlins, so you question if that counts or not. I
5: mean, Tim, can you help <laughs> us understand something, though? As someone who knows baseball the way you do, and real-time evolutions like this are super rare, can you explain to me how we went 100 years before baseball realized, hey, Home runs are better.
0: Well, as you know, Dan, at the beginning, home runs were bad. In fact, until Babe Ruth came along, home runs were like, no, this is not a good thing. You're supposed to score another way other than hitting it over a fence. And Ruth didn't just popularize the home run. He made it an important part of the game. But what's happened, Dan, you know this, is as we found out how great it is to hit homers, we also played a game... in a a lesser way today than I think we used to because that's all they care about is hitting home runs, not everything that goes on in between the home run. But, Tim,
5: how did it happen so fast is what I'm saying. How did it turn – this quickly in the last couple of years where it's borderline unwatchable because everyone's just swinging for the fences
0: all right well dan i i don't think it's just two years i think it's closer to five or ten and i think you can go back 30 years to the mid-80s when inkavilia bo jackson cory snyder jim presley they all came rob Deer, they all came into the big leagues same time. They all had 30 homers. They all struck out 150 times. And from that moment on, I believe that was the start of the it's okay to K. But the last two years, you're right, have been completely out of control. And it's our new young general managers basically trying to reinvent the wheel and say, here's how you win. Get it out of the ballpark, and strike out the other team. Some validity to that, but again, it's way, way too many strikeouts and way too many homers. Timmy, why do people keep saying the Yankees, especially in today's baseball 2019, we're just discussing the long ball. The Yankees need pitching. The Yankees need pitching. Every time I turn, I look at the standings, and I see the Yankees have won 8 of 10. They're 80 and 41 right now, plus 164, and postseason is pretty random. Do they really need pitching? And their pitching seems to be good enough, Timmy. They're top 12 in the league in ERA. Well, they could use another pitcher to start a postseason series because eventually, logically, they're going to face Verlander, Cole, and Greinke, and they don't have anyone to match up with any of those three. But what these last years have taught us is you can win in other ways as long as you hit the ball out of the ballpark. You can win with a great bullpen, You can win with a ton of homers, but it really, really helps to have a starting pitcher, even in an era where the starting pitcher is totally devalued. If you can throw three guys to start a postseason series, you have a better chance. That's what people are talking about.
5: We were talking about the coolest teams of all time in baseball yesterday. You mentioned that Willie McGee, Vince Coleman team, uh, that – some people would nominate that. Uh, a Mets team from the 80s, the big red machine, uh, Conseco and Maguire's A's.
0: The Pirates in the late 70s. Uh,
5: uh, who would you guys, who are, Who am I forgetting back there? The
0: Phillies. Yeah.
5: Oh, that's a good one. The Kruk, Darren Dalton Phillies. What would you consider the coolest team of all time?
0: Uh, well, that Kruk. Phillies team was absolutely tremendous and we will never see another team like that again. (laughs) I remember walking in, I did a big story on that team for Sports Illustrated. I remember walking in the clubhouse one morning in Chicago and, Kurt Curt Schilling stops me when I walked in and he said, be careful. The animals are out of their cages today. And that was the way that (laughs) team was. Suckey told me like 12 guys on their team got divorced that because all they did was go to the ballpark, play a game, love the game, win the game, and then eat pizza and drink beer after the game. That's what that team was. It was the ultimate in camaraderie. It was so much fun to be around that team. They were a bunch of lunatics, but they really cared about the game, and they really played it well.
1: With all due respect, they were doing more than just eating pizza. Twelve <laughs> yes. people got divorced. Well, uh, yes, that's, that's the clear. greatest stat, that, by no, the way.
5: That's a great stat. <laughs> and also, didn't Kruk often just sleep in the locker room because he, uh, he'd been out drinking with the guys all night?
0: Well, I, I don't know that. I just know it was a it was a pizza-eating, beer-drinking team. And again, it sounds corny, but... This doesn't happen anymore where guys just sit around and talk about the game and drink beer because you're not allowed to do it basically anymore. Buck Showalter told me like 12 years ago how much he misses that. He said, I left the clubhouse this morning at 1 o'clock, and, and, Hank and two of his teammates were sitting around drinking beer. And talking about the game, and Buck said, I was starting to cry. I was so happy that these guys were still there talking about their craft. And uh, that just doesn't happen very often anymore.
5: Do Steve Kerr and Rob Palenka look like they still hold the wins record as doubles partners on their high school tennis team? Does Mitch Trubisky look like the guy who would make eye contact with you while eating a banana? (laughs) <laughs> Does Dak Prescott look like the cops sent to your school to warn you on the dangers of drug use? <laughs> Does Sports Center's John Anderson look like a NASA engineer on the Apollo 13 mission who looks up from his monitor, wipes sweat from his brow, and says, Chief, they don't have enough fuel. <laughs> Does Adam Silver look like the wooden spoon that comes with an Italian Icy?
0: <laughs> oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> Save
1: that one. <laughs> Pretty much putting a bow on the best of the Joe Show. Dan Lebitard, Tim Kirchin. That guy has forgotten more baseball than most people have ever seen in their life. Remember, we got the lineup for you here at 560, the Joe WQAM from 6 to 10 in the morning. It's the Joe Rose Show, 10 to 1, Dan Lebetard. 1 to 3, Stephen A. Smith, 3 to 6 Hawk and Crowder and then from 6 to 7 got the best of the Joe show which you're listening to right now some sports updates Marlins Dodgers going to be getting it going in just a few minutes Marlins going to rebound I'm telling you right now from their 15 to 1 loss to the Dodgers yesterday if it's any consolation the Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now Dolphins they practiced a little bit in Tampa today Kenyon Drake DeVonte Parker did not play don't have any updates on their injuries but we do know Miami And Tampa will play this Friday, 7.30 in Tampa preseason game, pregame right here, beginning at 3.30. Hurricane safety, Derek Smith, he intends to transfer. Heats Kelly Olenek, got a bruised knee, not going to be playing for the Canadian national team at the Basketball World Cup, but that's okay. It's just kind of being careful. A little scared, it's okay, it's all good. The Ohio State, looking to trademark the word THE for merchandising purposes. And happy birthday, Halle Berry. I'm just saying, 53 years young. She looks unbelievable for 53. Be sure to download all your podcasts, including this show, wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free, at the Apple Store and also the Radio.com app. Not to mention, you can go to our website, WQAM.com, and get it all. Follow us on Twitter at 560 wqam. Go ahead, give me a follow. i got some interesting stuff like the hot messes in the world and the happy birthday to Halle Berry's at Dan Day Radio. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Going to be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, giving you the best of the best right here at 560 The Joe, WQAM. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio
5: platform with something for everyone.